We say we are in the end time, but can we prove it? On this edition of End of the Age, we will use events in our news headlines to show conclusively that we are in fact just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for another rapid-fire prophecy update. Along with history, miracles, personal experience, and the Dead Sea Scrolls, prophecy is one of the many ways that you can authenticate the Bible. The Bible is the only book that has prophecies written thousands of years ago which have come to pass or are in the process of occurring right now. And so... One of the main things for me, and this should be very important to you, is that Bible prophecy can build your faith in the Word of God. It's one of the best tools that we have. Uh, Revelation 19, the Bible says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Why? Because he knew that prophecy was an awesome tool to help build people's faith in his Word. Jesus said, and now I have told you, <clears throat> and now I have told you before it comes to pass, that when it comes to pass, you might believe. The majority of the prophecies in the Bible are devoted to the second coming of Jesus Christ, so that we would not be caught unaware of the events that would transpire in the end time really revealing how close we are to the glorious event of the second coming. So let me give you a few examples of these prophecies. I'll be going back to the prophecy, and then we will go through current events, showing you how that's coming to pass, and prove conclusively that we are living just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm going to begin with, the mark of the beast. The Bible prophesies of a time that is coming in the very near future when every person will be required by the Antichrist and his world government system to have a number. Without that number, you're not going to be able to buy or sell or participate in the economy in any way. In order to get that number... Everyone will be forced to worship or pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his global governing system. But, according to the Bible, anyone who pledges allegiance to the Antichrist will be eternally damned. The prophecies found in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 18. It says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, 
and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Six, six, six. And so this is prophesying of an economic sanctioning system that will be used by the Antichrist and the world government to get everyone to conform to the edicts of the world governing body. Now, like I've said before, the Antichrist is only going to have three and a half years to reign on the earth. The three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's all the Antichrist will have. So he's not going to come on the scene and say, well, let me see, how can I control the world and economically sanction people? I need to set up a world government and create an economic sanctioning system and give everybody their own unique identification number. That's not the way it's going to happen, everyone. The Antichrist will usurp authority over an already fully functioning world government and global numbering system. That is why we are currently watching these systems and this world government being established right now. And then in the near future, we will see a world governing leader from Europe usurp authority over this global governing system. Now, to to show you precursors to this, the Venture Beat, the news source, they published an article why every person on the planet will need a digital ID. Now you understand, this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy. None of this was even possible until the invention of the computer, the internet, blockchain technology, and now they have the tools needed to implement such a global numbering system. So this article in Venture Beat. The title was, Why Every Person on the Earth Will Need a Digital ID. And it was written by a woman named Dakota Gruner, who was the leader of the ID2020, the United Nations effort to number every person on the planet. And she was saying, hey, it's going to be mandatory for people to function in society that they will need a digital ID. And so this is, the ex- this is the precursors to the Mark of the Beast system that is coming in the very near future, this global numbering system that's being established. The International Monetary Fund just published an article, the title, The Future of Money, Gearing Up for a Central Bank Digital Currency. A central bank digital currency, of course, we know that that is the central banks around the world, that at the hub of those central banks is the Bank for International Settlements. They're all ran by a private cabal of bankers. It has nothing to do with the governments of the world. It's a cabal of private bankers that run the economies of the world. And they're all talking about in um, establishing a central bank digital currency, moving us off of cash onto this um, central, central bank currency. 
the International Monetary Fund, the article said we have moved beyond conceptual discussions of central bank digital currencies, and we are now in the phase of experimentation. Central banks are rolling up their sleeves and familiarizing themselves with the bits and bytes of the digital money. And so you can see what's happening here. A central bank digital currency is one of the precursors to the eventual mark of the beast system. Because imagine the banks that control the economies of the world now being able to economically sanction you using central bank digital currencies. Folks, this is what's coming in just the very near future. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 Time. That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> Before we get back into our lesson here, I got a couple quick announcements. This weekend, I will, my wife and I will be in Marrero, Louisiana doing a prophecy conference Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the First Pentecostal Church, West Bank, 3200 Ames Boulevard in Marrero, Louisiana. <clears throat> and Sunday morning, August 7th, from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., we'll be at the same church. So uh, I know we always have a great crowd in Marrero, Louisiana. I look forward to seeing many of you back down there this year. And... Uh, and the Bible study that will be set up, the Q&A, everything that goes on. Saturday night, I'll be teaching the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom. Sunday morning, Breaking Prophetic Fulfillments. And we'll, if we have time, we'll do the Q&A. It's going to be awesome. Look forward to seeing you down there. Also, we had, due to unforeseen circumstances, we had three people 
we had our tour. We're leaving here in, in uh, mid-September on our Israel tour. Three people, again, due to unforeseen circumstances, they couldn't go. And so we've got three spots that have opened up <coughs> on our tour to Israel. And so if you'd like to go, I know it's quick. You'd have to have a passport and get everything in gear. But, I mean, we still haven't ticketed yet. I think you're going to be ticketing just within the next week or so. So if you want to go, contact my wife, Jana, or her assistant, Brittany, and they can help you get uh, registered and, re- and to go. There's still time, but you need to do it pretty quick. So we've got three spots, and I uh, look forward to going to, with the rest of you that have signed up. And also, if you'd like to go in the spring, uh, it was going to be in sometime in May. We'll be going back to Israel We'll be going to the Jerusalem Prophecy College, a lot of different things. So join us uh, for these Israel trips coming up. Looking forward to it. And things are getting booked up quick. And so if you'd like to join us, uh, call my wife or Brittany here at End Time 1-800-363-8463. Okay. So, precursors to the mark of the beast. The Coindesk news source, they reported that the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies, not crypto will be the cornerstone of future monetary system according to the Bank for International Settlements. A 42-page chapter in the Bank for International Settlements annual economic report. Again, and this is very important you understand, the Bank for International Settlements is simply the hub of the central banks. It's the central bank of the central banks, and they are all governed by a cabal of private bankers. They have nothing to do with the governments of the world. Our Federal Reserve is owned and managed and governed by a cabal of private bankers, not the federal government. When you look here in the United States at who raises the interest rates and lowers them, it's the Federal Reserve. It's not the Congress of the United States. It's this group of private bankers. So you have to understand, these are the, these are the, the uh, global elites that run the economies of the world. Well, they're saying that in their annual economic report, that they envision a future where of these central bank digital currency, currencies, that are, they are programmable, and they're simply um, tokens, and that they're built on top of these central bank digital currencies. The programmability, they want to be able to program them so that they can tell you what to buy or sell with them, or who can have access to them, or who can't. It's nothing like cash. The central banks will have absolute control over their digital currency and can flip your access onto it or flip it off just with a press of a computer button. That's the programmability and the tokenization. Now, you can see the precursors to the mark of the beast of this absolute control over what people can buy and sell, functioning in society. Now, Breitbart published an article, The Great Reset, World Economic Forum Pushes Cashless Society and Central Bank Digital Currencies. I mean, this central bank digital currency is just this this recurring theme in the news all the time. They started out earlier, uh, a year or two ago, saying, hey, we're just contemplating this. We're thinking about it. Something way off in the space age, right? Well, now, ninety, according to the Bank for International Settlements, 90% of the central banks around the world are looking into rolling this out 
and are creating plans to go ahead and roll it out. But according to this article with Breitbart, the globalist architects of the Great Reset at the World Economic Forum have thrown their weight behind the concept of a central bank digital currency, claiming that the state-controlled cryptocurrencies will revolutionize the future of finance. When they say state-controlled cryptocurrency, that's what they're talking about, the central bank digital currencies. Again, state-controlled. Remember that. They do not like Bitcoin and some of these other cryptocurrencies because they're decentralized. They're not controlled by the government. That's why they're trying to regulate that and to move to a central bank digital currency that's put out by these central banks controlled by these private bankers, not the government. The article goes on to say, while most cryptocurrencies are traceable to some degree, the larger concern with central bank-issued digital currencies is that they may be used as a de facto versions of a social credit score to force citizens into complying with the wishes of a government. Now remember, the Bible says in the end time, the Antichrist will give everybody their own unique identification number, and without that, they will not be able to buy or sell. Economic sanctioning. That's exactly what a social credit score tied into the central bank digital currency is all about. Economically sanctioning individuals to get them to bow down to the edicts of the government. Breitbart is not a religious publication. They're totally secular. But they're talking about exactly what the prophecies prophesied about 2,000 years ago. Folks, these prophecies are playing out right before our very eyes. The article goes on to say China is not the only government that has realized that a digital currency issued by the state could vastly increase state power. For instance, and that's what it would do here in the United States. Imagine the immense power the Federal Reserve would have over you and me if they could implement a central bank digital currency here and be able to control even whether we had access to our money or program it to a point where we could only buy and sell certain things. The amount of money that would come into your account and the amount of money that would come out, they would know everything. So this article goes on to say, for instance, the Bank of England, which is currently developing a cryptocurrency version of the pound, has suggested that the British central bank digital currency could be used as a means of behavioral control. Think about that. It's thought control now. Behavior, how you behave. Will you bow down to our edicts? It says, indeed, the director of fintech at the Bank of England, Tom Mutton, said last year that such a digital currency could be programmable, allowing the government to determine what citizens can and cannot spend their money on. It goes right back to the prophecy of the Bible, folks. That's a 2,000-year-old prophecy. John had never seen a computer. He had never seen a calculator. But yet Almighty God said, John, I want you to write down there's going to be an economically sanctioning system just prior to my second coming. And folks, it's being set up as we speak. The article goes on to say you could introduce programmability. What happens if one of the participants in a transaction 
puts a restriction on the future use of money. He said, Bible prophecy right before our very eyes. Echo Business published an article, The Indian Children Without... So in the country of India, Indian children without the Adhar digital ID are shut out of school. The article says millions of children risk being excluded from school and free food programs. Why? Due to a lack of the Indian government's biometric ID cards. So if you don't have a digital ID card in India, sorry, you can't have any access to the free food programs and no education for your children. It's economic sanctioning, everybody. The Sociable published an article, World Economic Forum Pushes the Digital ID, Central Bank Digital Currencies, ESG, which is Environmental, Social, and Governance, and Crackdowns on um, the, the um, mis, Misinformation uh, in Future Focus Report. So the World Economic Forum's Future Focus 2025 report is a roadmap for steering society towards their great reset with the help of great narratives and perspectives pushing these central bank digital currencies and digital IDs. They know exactly what they're doing, folks. But look at this, the grand scheme of all of this. And there are also people already putting chips in their skins, many things. The grand scheme of all of this is economic, is government control, economic control over the citizens of the world. It's a 2,000-year-old prophecy coming to pass as we speak. Now, let me give you another example of some of these prophecies that are coming to pass. Wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24, 6, Jesus said, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Just prior to my second coming, see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Well, have we heard of any wars and rumors of wars lately? Of course. Russia and Ukraine, right? Fox News published an article, Iran declares it can use nuclear missiles to turn New York into a hellish ruins. The Iranian regime, I mean, that's one of the things I watch all the time. The Iranian regime's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, just a few days ago said that it can develop a nuclear weapon within a rapid-fire amount of time and obliterate New York with ballistic missiles. An IRGC-affiliated video said that the Iran, Iranian ballistic missiles have the capability of turning New York into hellish ruins. Now, you're talking about a city in the United States of America, and they're talking about wiping it out with nuclear weapons. Wars and rumors of wars. The Gateway Pundit published an article, Warning, China is poised to invade Taiwan's offshore islands. Of course, many of you know about the China, Taiwan, United States uh, situation that's going on over there. Nancy Pelosi just visited Taiwan, and China was saying, we're absolutely, I mean, they were just rattling the sabers. Not going to happen. We're not going to allow that to happen. And many people said, oh, here we go, World War III. Wars and rumors of wars. The Times of Israel just reported, the world is one miscalculation away from the nuclear annihilation. That was, of course, U.N. Chief Antonio Guterres. The article said countries seek a false security by spending hundreds of billions on doomsday weapons. 
Antonio Guterres, the current Secretary General of the United Nations, he said that calculating almost 13,000 nuclear weapons in the arsenals around the world. Of course, enough to destroy the planet many times over. The United Nations chief warned that the world, um, on, just a few days ago, that humanity is just one misunderstanding, one miscalculation away from another nuclear war. And Secretary General Antonio Guterres gave this dire warning at the opening of the long-delayed high-level meeting to review the landmark 50-year-old treaty aimed at preventing the spread of nuclear weapons and eventually achieving a nuclear-free world, the Proliferation Treaty. He cited that especially the war in Ukraine and the threat of nuclear weapons um, to conflicts in the Middle East, which would be Iran, and Asia, two regions edging towards a great catastrophe. Wars and rumors of wars. It's all around us, folks. It's in our news every day. Let me give you another example of the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, the Sixth Trumpet War, or World War III. The Bible prophesies that there will be a world, third world war. Revelation 9, 15, from the New Living Translation says, Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour, a day, a month, and a year were turned loose to kill one-third of all the people on the earth. Now, it's, I know it's shocking to read that this many people will die in a, in a future war. That could happen at any time. But the Bible says it's going to happen. The King James Version of that passage says today to slay the third part of men. The New King James Version says to kill a third of mankind. The Good News Translation says to kill a third of the human race. So, I mean, after checking 15 to 20 different translations, we can correctly conclude that this is exactly what this passage said. One third of humanity will die in a very near future war. The Bible tells us where World War III will begin. It's found in Revelation, in, um, Revelation uh, 9, verse 13 through 15. And it says, And the sixth angel sounded, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. So you can see the Bible specifically tells us that this war will emanate from the Euphrates River region. Very, very important. And I know we're coming up to a break here, but I'll get into just a little bit more detail how we know that. And then we'll give some accounts of some events that are happening in this region that could lead to a war very soon. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. These angels who are bound in the Euphrates River, they are spirits. The Bible tells us that angels are ministering spirits to us who are the heirs of salvation. But these four angels referred to in Revelation 9.14, however, they are not ministering angels. They are part of the one-third portion of angels who rebelled with Satan. They are evil spirits. And we know these angels are evil because the verse says that they are bound. When they are loosed, their assignment is to kill one-third of mankind during this sixth trumpet war. The scripture says there were four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. Have you ever wondered why angels are even mentioned there? The Bible, again, tells us angels are spirits. And in the book of Daniel... Daniel was praying, fasting, and seeking God's face for 21 days. When an angel finally showed up, he said, Daniel, I heard you the first day you prayed, but the prince of Persia, modern-day Iran, the prince of Persia withstood me. Now I go to fight against the prince of Greece. Persia was ruling the world at that time. So the Grecian Empire came afterward and conquered the the Persian Empire. So Daniel was praying, but there were spiritual forces at work. The prince of Persia stopped the angel until Daniel overpowered him in his prayers. The angel then said he would go to fight against the prince of Greece. That's Daniel, what, 10, uh, 13, and verse 20. According to this passage, it appears nations have their own angels. Four nations house the Euphrates River. The Euphrates River starts in Turkey, flows down through Syria, enters into the northern boundary of Iraq, and then empties into the Persian Gulf. Uh, The Euphrates River and the Tigris River, they meet to form the last, what, 50, 60 mile border between Iraq and Iran. So, could the angels mentioned in Revelation 9.13 be the four angels of the Euphrates, the angels of Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. I mean, it appears to make perfect sense. So, 
as a result of that, we watch the Euphrates River region like a hawk, folks. The Jewish News Syndicate, they published an article. I, I think it was today, if I'm not mistaken, in real life, the title says, a top gun threat and America prepares to confront the Iranian threat. The free world, according to the article, is at risk from the unsanctioned development of nuclear weapons by Iran, this rogue state. Nuclear missiles in the hands of this unstable regime with deep ties to terrorist groups all around the world present a supreme danger to the civilian public back home, right? So there's no choice but to respond. One of the world's most legendary air forces must turn to its experienced flyers to train its rising generation of top pilots and personnel for a high-risk mission, requiring all of their skill and from which they might not return, a bombing run on the rogue nation's development of enriched uranium as fuel for nuclear weapons. In late May, the International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA, the United Nations Agency, which is tasked with globally overseeing nuclear technology and their use, reported that Iran possesses enough fissile uranium, about 95 pounds, to construct a nuclear bomb. Now, that was in, back in May. Unlike previous nuclear aggressors, including the Soviet Union and North Korea, the Iranian regime is a clerical theocracy that might have a different calculus regarding the value of human life and the desirability of martyrdom, right? They kind of worship death, and they all want to be martyrs. So Iran has left no doubt that it's of its willingness to use weapons of mass destruction against Israel if given the opportunity. In 2001, former Iranian president Rafsanjani, he shrieked that, if that the use of even one nuclear bomb inside Israel will destroy everything, while the response would only damage the aggressor. Also in 2005, then-incumbent Iranian President uh, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, he called for Israel to be wiped off the map. In 2007, at the UN General Assembly, Ahmadinejad demanded a world without Israel and urged the big powers of America and Europe to eschew their obedience to Satan and submit to the will of God, lest calamities will befall them. This is the promise of God, he said. Therefore, it will be fulfilled. What? Wiping Israel off the planet. In 2019, an Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps commander threatened that if Israel makes a strategic mistake, it has to collect bits and pieces of Tel Aviv from the lower depths of the Mediterranean Sea. So, Iran could attempt to deliver such a weapon, not only from a plane or ship being the, bearing the Iranian flag, but via its network of terrorist satellites in order to introduce an element of plausible deniability. Saying, hey, we had nothing to do with it. Iran is by far the world's top state sponsor of terrorism. Imagine them getting a nuclear weapon, folks. Iran is the controller of the Hezbollah terror group, 
which has subverted the large, and largely controls the country of Lebanon. Hezbollah's Iran-directed intervention in Syria saved the brutal regime of Bashar Assad back in um, 2013 and 14. And it gave Russia space to join the conflict as well. So Iran is the major military sponsor of Hamas terror organization, which violently seized power in Gaza in 2007 and has entered into several violent conflicts with Israel since then. Iran has even more directly inspired a largely, it largely controls Palestinian uh, Islamic Jihad or Holy War, another terrorist group active in Gaza that often pushes Hamas into more dramatic confrontations. And so you can see, the Bible talks about a World War III that will emanate from the Euphrates River region. And now one of those states is the number one state sponsor of terrorism and they want to get a nuclear weapon. They're working day and night to get one. And Israel and the United States has said, never going to allow that to happen. So, there's a lot going on in the news, isn't there? Well, I've got a lot more to cover. Let me give you another example. Setting the stage for the Battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 2 through 6. It states... The Son of Man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back, and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all of his bands, the house of Togarma of the northern quarters and all of his bands and many people with thee. And so this is referring to the battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the battle of Armageddon. Now, The terms Gog and Magog, they are terms generally used in the Bible to identify evil forces opposed to God. The Greeks referred to Magog as the Scythians, who lived in um, the northern regions above the Caucasus Mountains. Josephus, the the second uh, century Roman historian, he wrote that the descendants of Noah, after they were dispersed abroad, he had three sons, They were dispersed abroad on on account of their languages, and they went out by colonies everywhere. Each colony took possession of that land uh, whereby God led them. Magog uh, founded those that from him were named Magogites, but who are by the Greeks called Scythians. Today we understand that to be prophetically specific because Gog is the leader of the Russian invasion of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Magog, Tubal, and Meshach are actually modern-day Russia. Tubal and Meshach are sons of Japheth, uh, one of Noah's sons, who settled south of the Black Sea. And it is generally understood that the name Moscow derived from the tribal name Meshach. Now, Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 38, he describes a future attack on Israel by Gog and Magog, Russia, 
the mainly Islamic countries of Persia or Iran and portions of northern Iraq, northern Iraq and Afghanistan, Kush, which would be um, possibly Ethiopia and Sudan, Put, Libya, possibly Tunisia, Algeria, and Morocco, Gomer, which would be Eastern Europe, and the house of Togarma, Turkey and Armenia. Now, Turkey really has been, re- up until recently, an ally of Israel, but today Islam has again became an increasing influence there. So you can see that Russia, Turkey, and Iran, Gog and Magog, Togarma, and Persia, are three of the prominent nations that will lead the charge at the Battle of Armageddon, of the world-governing armies, down to that war. Well, the Jewish News Syndicate just reported an article, the emerging holy unholy alliance between Russia, Turkey, and Iran. Folks, Russia wasn't even a nation back when John wrote the book of Revelation or when Ezekiel was here. Way back, 2,500 years ago when he wrote the book of Ezekiel. And yet both books prophesy about an invasion of Israel. And Ezekiel 38 prophesies that Russia, Turkey, and Iran, the very uh, nations that this article is talking about, the article says less than a week after the United States President Joe Biden left the Middle East following a visit that focused on the informal Israel-Sunni-Arab alliance in the region, Russian President Vladimir Putin boarded a plane to Iran and the leader of the opposing Shiite Muslim axis. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey joined the summit in Tehran. So you got Russia, Iran, and Turkey. These three regimes represented in Iran are not friends of the West. Russia's engaged in a brutal war against Ukraine, dishes out threats to European countries on a weekly basis. Iran funds terrorist proxies across the Middle East. They have this, a, a robust nuclear weapons project going on. And as stated many times, that it seeks to annihilate uh, it, the United States and Israel. And then finally, Turkey has proven itself this unreliable partner of the West on core issues such as sanctions on Russia, use of Russian defense systems, and support for um, malign Iranian activities and more. Folks, these nations are coming into alignment, and they're the ones that will lead the charge. They're the prominent nations coming down against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. It's a 2,500-year-old prophecy and we're watching it come to pass right before our very eyes because the prophecies always come to pass. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Of course, Vladimir Putin's summit was worrying, has worrying implications for the Middle East. I mean, it appears that an anti-American alliance is forming at the behest of Russia and China and it includes Iran and its terrorist proxies. Now, if we were to go into a war with an Iran scenario, and that brought in Russia, China, and Turkey, imagine, it's World War III tomorrow morning, right? That's possibly what could be happening uh, at this point, because, you know, China and Iran has signed that 25-year economic military pact, because they need Iranian oil. So you've you got to look at this thing from the big picture because we've got so many prophecies coming at us at once and the Sixth Trumpet War is one of the next two to occur on God's prophetic timeline besides the peace agreement. Now, this is not enough, right? I mean, when Iran is emboldened enough to transfer sophisticated United, um, unmanned aerial vehicles to Russia and attempt to bring Turkey into its orbit... The West must see Iran for what it is and what it is attempting to do. Conquer the region in the name of the Islamic Revolution. Iranian leaders say this on a daily basis, and we need to start listening, folks. Now, let me give you another example of how the prophecies are coming to pass. You know, I just went through the news and grabbed all of these today. And these are prophecies prophesied 2,000 to 2,500 years ago, coming to pass right before us. And the Bible says these things will occur just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I've had people say, oh, Dave, you know, you guys, you say you believe in the end time. We're just prior to the second coming. I've heard that for years. Listen to me. Prophecies have never been fulfilled at the rate they're being fulfilled right now. I want to say that again. Bible prophecy has never been fulfilled at the rate, the rapid rate that it's being fulfilled right now. Folks, we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we've got to wake up to this. Say, well, what do you want me to do? I want you to prepare yourself for the second coming. If you've not been born again, if you're not living uh, a, a, a Christian life unto the Lord and ready to meet Him, we should cover that. It's of utmost importance that you are born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. With all of these prophecies coming to pass so quickly now, letting us know we're just prior to the second coming, I've got to prepare myself for the kingdom of God. And so it's of utmost importance if you you say, well, I don't know what it takes to be born again. Go to endtime.com, look up the brochure. What do you mean born again? Call endtime, 1-800-363-8463. Ask for the brochure. What do you mean born again? It'll give you all the scriptures and explain it all. It's of utmost importance because all these things I'm doing today, these news clips are showing us we're just prior to the second coming. Let me give you another one. 
Israel will build her third temple in the last days. Daniel 9.27 prophesies that the Antichrist will confirm Israel's right to exist in the promised land. And that peace agreement is going to be a seven-year temporary agreement. And it's going to be temporary because the status of Jerusalem will be left unresolved. So Israel is going to build her third temple in Revelation 11, 1 through 2. John was told to measure a temple. You can't measure a temple if there's no temple to measure, right? John, measure the temple, but don't measure the outer court. It's going to be trodden down to the Gentiles for 42 months. So he was told to do this when there would be 42 months left. This lets us know the Jewish temple has to be built and completed during the first three and a half years of that final seven-year period. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. It confirms this. It states that the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God at the time of the abomination of desolation, which occurs halfway through the final seven years. You can't sit in a temple if there's no temple to sit in, right? Again, this proves that the Jewish temple will be completed during the first three and one half years of that final seven-year period that is that begins with that seven-year agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Today's news article, the Israel National News, will the temple be built this year? Well, they would have to... So this is what, um, August... So we, they would really have to get moving. I don't think it will be because they would have to get a peace agreement signed, everything finalized, and then allowing them to build their third temple. We simply don't have time for that this year. But there are people that are, there are, people that are pushing the, the Temple Institute in Israel, many people pushing for the building of the third temple, people writing articles about it, and people um, praying for it and trying to get a red heifer, and many things are happening, pushing for the building of the third temple. Prophecies also foretell that Israel will retain control of all of Jerusalem throughout the end time, the city of Jerusalem. Included in that future peace agreement, the prophesied peace agreement in Daniel 9.27, is going to be a section devoted to Jerusalem that will postpone a final decision over the control of the city. And Israel will retain control of that all the way throughout. Zechariah 14.2, the Bible says, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city, Jerusalem, shall be taken and the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half of the city of Jerusalem shall go forth into captivity and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And so you say, well, what does that mean? Give me some back history. What are you talking about here? Well, what's going on in the article is what I wanted to bring you up to speed on because... Uh, Just a short history lesson. The Babylonians, led by King Nebuchadnezzar, he destroyed the first temple that was built by Solomon in 586 B.C. And he carried the people of Judah away into Babylonian captivity. They were in captivity for 70 years. The prophet um, Jeremiah prophesied about this 70-year exile. You can go read it in the book of Jeremiah. After 70 years of exile the Jews returned to Jerusalem to build the temple. The second temple was completed in 516 B.C. Jerusalem continued to be Israel's capital 
until the Romans destroyed the second temple in 70 A.D. Around 135 A.D., the Roman emperor Hadrian forbade the Jews from entering Jerusalem. After this, the Jews were allowed to be to visit Jerusalem only on one day of the year, Tisha B'Av. This was the day on which the Jews mourned the destruction of the first and second temples. Because of the escalating Roman persecution, Jews began to be scattered throughout the world. Well, today the Israel National News ran an article, The Modern Day Siege of Jerusalem and How We Can Overcome It. And they went back and gave much of the history about what happened with Babylon. Um, The article states this, Creeping Arab expansion is strangling urban development, much like the Babylonian siege forcefully imposed upon Jerusalem long ago. As our sad commemorations of the double destruction of Jerusalem and the holy temples intensify with the approach of the fast of Tisha B'Av, which is, they talk about that every year. They say we have no choice but to find the parallels between then and now, enabling us to avoid our fateful mistakes of yore. And so the Bible says that the temples were destroyed. This article is talking about that and saying, hey, we can't go back to that. The thing is, is that Israel will retain control of Jerusalem all the way until the Battle of Armageddon, all the way throughout the end time, and then half of the city is going to be captured. And so they will never release control of Jerusalem ever again. And that's what this article is referring to. Now, let me go through quickly here the world religion. The Bible, I mean, there's so much, again, I said there's so much prophecy happening. These are today's news article, folks, and, or from very recently. The world religion, Revelation 13, 11 through 15, and Revelation chapters 17 and 18, foretell the establishment of a world religion in the end time. The news source is called the Published Reporter. They published an article. Is the Abrahamic family house the destination for a one-world religion? There was no such thing as a one-world religion back in the day when John wrote the book of Revelation. But he said, God told him, which God knows the end from the beginning. He said, just prior to my second coming, there's going to be a world religion established. So this article states, what might happen when Jews, Christians, and Muslims interact and mingle in three adjacent buildings connected by one raised garden in Abu Dhabi, the capital and the second most populous city after Dubai of the United Arab Emirates. Abu Dhabi, located in the southeast of the Arabian Peninsula, bordered the Persian Gulf. So the Abrahamic family house is the world's first religious center where Judaism, Christianity, and Islam share the same campus. And I mean, it is huge. You can go look it up and see a video on it, the Abrahamic Family House. It's a church, a mosque, and a synagogue will be housed side by side, and a learning center sits in the middle of those three buildings. Here's the question in the article. Will the Torah, the Bible, and the Quran be studied and discussed in peace by visitors and worshipers? Now, These religions are a long way apart. They're really diametrically opposed to each other. The Abrahamic family house derives its names from, of course, the Old Testament biblical figure, Abraham, 
who is revered by the Jews, Christians, and Muslims. And this article says, according to a 2021 article in the Vatican News, the Catholic Muslim Interfaith Council was created by Pope Francis. Of course, he believes in interfaithism. A global peace covenant called the Document on Human Fraternity for World Peace was signed by Pope Francis of the Catholic Church and and His Eminence Dr. Ahmed Al-Taib, Grand Imam of Sharif. The Higher Committee of Human Fraternity manages the Abrahamic Family House. This Abrahamic Family House is a result of that document that they signed, the Document on Human Fraternity. The stated purpose of the Abrahamic Family House is to bring understanding and tolerance among the faiths, but there are a couple of notable changes. First, Abu Dhabi is part of the United Arab Emirates, where it is illegal for Christians to proselytize and conversion from Islam is prohibited. Now, imagine these religions trying to get along here. The Pope represents the Roman Catholic Church where Christians are free to convert to Islam, which is crazy in my mind, but anyway, this is what it is. But citizens of Abu Dhabi are not free to choose Christ. So, the writer of the article says this. This is very important. He says, my assumption is that individuals cannot share their faith while on this property. No debates, no discussions, no exchange of religious doctrinal conversions. This is a great question by the author. Listen to this. What would the Apostle Paul do? We know his lips would not be sealed. Of course. And I tell you what, if I go over there, my lips will not be sealed either. Because I have a great commission from God. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe everything that I've taught you. The Bible says if any man comes or an angel comes teaching any other gospel than what we've taught you, let them be accursed. I've got to teach the same gospel that's taught in the Bible. So, I probably wouldn't fit in very good over there at the Abrahamic family house. But what is it? It's an effort towards establishing a world religious system. The world religion prophesied in Revelation 13, 11 through 15 and Revelations chapter 17 and 18. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.